Well, greetings, Saltbox Church, and thank you so much, Pastor Michael. What a privilege to be with you today as we continue in your sermon series on 50. We're gonna look today at what it is to be a church filled with the Spirit of God. You know, we worship a God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit there at the beginning of time. In Genesis, we hear how the Spirit hovered over the waters. And in John 1, Jesus is called the Word, and the Word was there at the beginning. And so God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit has been at work from the beginning of time. And throughout the Old Testament, we read how He the Spirit was on particular people at particular moments for particular tasks. And yet the beauty in the New Testament is when Jesus died and rose again, He promised His disciples that He wouldn't abandon them, that He would pour out His Spirit upon them, that His Spirit would dwell within them, that they might walk with His Spirit, be filled with His Spirit. And that's what we're called to be as church, a church filled with the Spirit of God. If you have your Bible with you this day, I just wanna ask you to turn to Acts. We're gonna look at Acts chapter two and begin at verse 42. If you uh, go through Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, you'll get to Acts. And Acts chapter two, 42 to 47, read this way. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared their money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. And all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. We're gonna to focus today particularly on verse 43, a deep sense of awe came over them all and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. But before we do, I just wanna encourage you to note that throughout this passage, we have the word all. All the believers, all the people, you see the word they. This is written about a community, how that community interacts. We are not called simply to be filled with the Spirit alone as separated from the church, but to be filled with the Spirit as individuals, but part of a collective, a church filled with the Spirit of God. And sometimes I find it helpful to look at the negative in order to see the positive. What does that kind of church look like? A church that isn't filled with the Spirit, a church without the Spirit. Well, a church without the Spirit is a church where there's no resurrection. Romans 8, 11, Paul says, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead. Did you hear that? It's the Spirit of God at work in that moment that raises Jesus from the dead. And then Paul goes on, it's that Spirit that lives in you. And just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. It is the Spirit of God at work to bring resurrection to Christ that does the same work of transformation in us, that we might have new life, 
that we might be resurrected, that our old life might be gone and our new life might come as we put our hope and trust in Jesus Christ. Without the Spirit, there is no new life. Without the Spirit, there's no power, no power to witness, to testify to all that Christ has done for us. In Acts 1.8, Jesus says to his disciples, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, through Judea, in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Yes, we have tongues and we can speak, but there is something that happens when the Spirit of God ministers in and through our words to bring transformation and new life and hope into the hearts and lives of others. It is God that draws people to himself and we have the privilege of being part of what God is doing in that moment. See, a church without the Spirit is a church where there's no understanding. Paul goes on in 1 Corinthians 2 verses 11 to 12 to say, for who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. It is by the Spirit of God that we understand the things of God. We live in a fallen and broken world. Our, our vision is limited. We can only understand in part, but God by His Spirit poured out in our hearts and lives gives us an understanding beyond what we could see in the natural. But we might understand that we are spiritual beings, that there is a spiritual world, and God longs to bring understanding of who He is and what He's doing. See, a church without the Spirit is also a place where there's no gifts and no fruit. Paul goes on just two verses later in 1 Corinthians 2.14 and he says, the person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. There are things that God longs to give. There, are, there is a work that He is doing that we can only understand through His Spirit. And we know that God has promised to give fruit of the Spirit. I think sometimes we think of that as multiple fruits, but it says the fruit of the Spirit. It's one fruit, many facets of love and joy and peace and patience kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. They are fruit that enable us to worship God, fruit that enable us to interact with others, fruit that enable us to respond in ourselves. God gives gifts in it as well. He gives the ability to know things and understand things that are beyond what we can see in the natural prophetic words, words of wisdom and words of knowledge. Have you ever said something to somebody and it has meant so much to them. You had no idea, but God was at work in that moment and He spoke hope and life and healing to that person. God moves by His Spirit. I have two more. The penultimate one, the church without the Spirit is a place where there's no worship. Yeah, we can sing songs, we can make a joyful noise, but Jesus says in John 4, for God is spirit, 
So those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. You wanna worship God for who he is, lift his name on high? Then we do that by his spirit, it's not just words. It's our heart surrendered to him, it is, it is done by his spirit as we put our hope and trust in him. And lastly, a church without the spirit is a church that has no future. It is a place of no future because Paul says to the church in Corinth in 2 Corinthians 1.22 that God has put His Spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Eternal life is a gift of God. That without the Spirit, this is all we know, this is all we understand. And yet it is God's Spirit that assures us and affirms that what God has promised He will do that one day there will be no more pain and no more suffering. We will see God face to face. What a joy, what a hope that we have. See, the church filled with the Spirit of God is, is a church where there is true worship. It is a place where we know the God in whom we trust and we know that there is an eternity ahead. It's a place where there are gifts and fruit on display, where there is understanding, when we know the new life that we've been given. It is all those things that have been promised in God's Word, they are on display because we are filled with His Spirit and living by the power of His Spirit. And that is what was going on in Acts 2. It was a church not living in its own ego, in its own um, self-absorption, but a church that was freely giving, a church that was loving, a church that was worshiping, a church that was filled. In these moments, we hear all of that and it can be tempting to think, why am I not seeing even more than I am already seeing? Lord, is there more out there? I, I wanna live fully in that kind of church. I, I don't know about you, but that's where my heart goes. And so I wanna ask a tough question this morning. What is keeping us from living in the fullness of the Spirit of God? It could be in this moment that truthfully, the things of this world, they are just crowding in. It may be that you are teaching. You've never taught before, but you've got kids at home and you're teaching and that's just overwhelming. It may be financial pressures. It may be the things that you're seeing on the news and you're getting anxious and, and the, this world is crowding in. And maybe your, your attention is so downward focused and I believe the Lord today is saying, would you just look up? Would you look up to me, would you? Give me your fears, your worries, your anxieties. Would you trust that I can give peace, not as the world gives. Peace surpasses all understanding. Could it be that in trying to manage this moment and being consumed by the things of this season, that we've somehow missed a moment to say, God, I can't do this. I need you. Would you fill me with your spirit? Would you give me strength and grace? Would you give me the patience I need with the kids or whatever else you're dealing with? It is those kind of prayers that the Lord loves to answer. 
maybe for you, it's not so much that you're consumed by this moment, but maybe there is an issue with fear, a struggle. Maybe there are things you've seen in the past, situations you've been in where people have said, this is all by the Spirit, but things happened and you were uncomfortable and you're like, oh, I don't know if I wanna belong to a church filled with the Spirit because I kinda like God to behave in a way that I understand. Well, I hate to say this, He's God. He doesn't act in a way that we understand. But there is a question of whether we trust Him. And maybe this day the Lord is stirring in your heart this question of, will you bring your fears to me? Will you trust that I am good, that I can handle your fears? Maybe in, in releasing that to him, you might go on another step of understanding. Or maybe for you that, that isn't the issue, it's actually you just wanna control what's going on. That you like, you like me, I, I struggle with this, like things to be done in a certain way. You like to understand what God is doing in that moment. But like I said, God can't be contained and, and, and the journey of faith is a journey of trusting that he knows what he's doing and allowing him to transform us that we might walk trusting in his character, even if we don't necessarily see what that looks like. Or maybe for you, it's more about disappointment. God, why aren't you doing X? Rather than seeing what God is doing. And it may be that there are things you've prayed for and prayed for and prayed for, but it's not happening the way you worked or thought it should. That doesn't mean God isn't moving in this moment. Many of you know that my husband and I have not been able to have children and uh, there was a season in my life where I had prayed and prayed and prayed that God would show me that he loved me. And then we went on this journey and we weren't able to have children and in the midst of that journey, this may sound crazy because we never got the answer we wanted. We, we, we don't have children now. In the midst of that journey, I was so tempted to think, God, what are you doing? And yet God revealed a deep love for me in a moment that made no sense. That I actually encountered a moment where I realized that love wasn't always getting what I wanted and that love wasn't limited by what I wanted. And God could love me and not necessarily give me what I asked for. And it could be that for you, that's the journey in this conversation of being filled with the Spirit. It is a laying down of the expectations of how God should behave and what it should look like and where I'm at, and actually allow God to do a work within your own heart and life that makes sense because he is making you more like himself. That's what God does in us. He transforms us more in tune with his character. See, when I was a teenager, I was in a church that was much more charismatic and I saw lots of things of the spirit and I think I saw a fair amount of things of, that were very human. And I realized over time, I'd done this big pendulum switch from this side of the pendulum to this is how God moves and this is how it happens to this side of being very, very cautious. And over the years, I feel like the Lord is challenging that because I want more of Him. 
I wanna see God move in miracles and wonders, but I don't wanna box God into how that can look like. And people filled with the Spirit of God walk by faith, believing that God can, not assuming that He has to. To walk by faith is saying, Lord, what is it you're teaching today? What is it you're saying? How is it you want me to act in this moment? Lord, I wanna walk with you. I wanna listen to your voice. I believe that you are good. Help me walk in tune with you. A.W. Tozer, famous American Christian pastor and author of the 20th century said this, if the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from the church today, 95% of what we, would, what we do would go on and no one would know the difference. If the Holy Spirit had been withdrawn from the New Testament church, 95% of what they did would stop and everybody would know the difference. You see that in this passage in Acts 2, that actually in our humanness, we're not kind, we're not generous, we're not doing all these things. In fact, we get into the to-dos and the what should I do and how do I do it, rather than walking with hearts that are open to God, asking Him to speak to us and reveal that we might walk in tune with Him with each day. And I wonder if this day, God in His mercy and by His Spirit is poking. It might feel uncomfortable, but maybe He's revealing something in your heart. Could there be anger or at what hasn't happened or, or how things have been done? Could there be doubt that God can fill you by His Spirit or doubt that God can move? Might there be apathy or lies? Maybe there's some bitterness or unforgiveness. Maybe you have a resistance to the things of God. God, I've seen it done that way and I'm not sure about this. Maybe you have some pride or self-indulgence or greed or fear or, or desire to control. Could it be that this day, your loving Heavenly Father is inviting you to open your hands to him to repent, to say, God, forgive me for, I wanna follow you, I can't do this by myself, would you fill me with your spirit? I wanna display the things of you to the world around me. I wanna move in, you, in your fruit and in your gifts and in your hope and in your love. Lord, I want more of you. See, church that lives in that place with their hands open to God, inviting Him to speak to them and to challenge us. That is a church that is filled with His Spirit moving in tune with Him. We are human, we make mistakes, we get it wrong, so we come back to the cross. We seek His forgiveness, we invite Him to transform and we walk forward into all that He has. See a church, filled with the Spirit of God is a church that recognises the Spirit's work. It says in Acts 2, 43, that the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. That word performed can get us into trouble, can't it? I don't know about you, but the first thing that comes into my mind is performance. 
This was not an act. This wasn't faking it till you make it. The apostles simply did. They did miraculous signs and wonders. How? By the power of the living God. God is genuinely intervening in space and time in specific situations through His Spirit and through His people. And that was what was taking place in the church in Acts. And it can be tempting sometimes to think, well, he's not doing it now. You know, I don't get to be with Saltbox very often and it's a privilege when I do, but I do look on from afar. And it's beautiful to see what the Lord is doing among you. I am so bowled over by the love that I hear and see in this church family. My mom has been sick and just the kindness and the prayers and the compassion, those are reflections of the Spirit of God at work in this church family. I think of the generosity of a people who are, are sacrificially giving. I think of the things I've heard from Pastor Michael about marriages being healed and estranged children being reunited with their parents. Those are things that God does by His Spirit. But I wanna encourage you to seek God for more. Believe that He can. Not name it and claim it, that is not biblical, but trusting that God would reveal what He's doing. And and inviting him in to be at work. What do I mean? I believe in a God that still does miracles today. I believe that the miracles he does are not always what we ask for when we ask, but he does miracles today, I've seen it. In fact, one of the ones that stands out the most to me is uh, my little sister had grand mal epilepsy. And as a four-year-old, she was four, I'm seven and a half years older, but I remember her at four having horrendous epileptic fits. She'd go blue and shake, it was awful. And she had had so many of these epileptic fits and um, our church leadership got together and they decided to fast and to pray. And I will never forget my very early teens, being in our living room as the church leaders came round to pray for my sister. And what I remember the most of that moment was this incredible peace in the room. It was so profound. My sister lay in my mum's arms and it was as if we were washed in peace at that moment. Well, peace comes from the Prince of Peace, doesn't it? By his spirit. You know, the beauty of that moment is my sister never had an epileptic fit again. She was healed, it was miraculous. And that was beautiful, but I remember the peace because in that moment, that was also miraculous. And God is a God that moves in power. And it may be that as I say these things, you start to reflect on, on other things that God has done in your life or in the life of this community. And I wanna encourage you to celebrate. We worship a God who's on the move. Sometimes we miss what He's doing because we think it should be this way and He's doing this. Remember, God does not always work in the ways that we imagine, but He always works in tune with his character. 
He's a God of peace. He's a God of love. He's a God of hope. And he works in tune with that. He's a God who hears and speaks. In fact, um, in this season especially, my husband and I are enjoying praying together every morning and I've become more and more aware that the things we pray for in the morning are regularly being answered through the day. But it takes a moment to stop and say, wow, we ask God for an opportunity to show kindness to someone and this happened today. Wow, that's God at work. In coming to Wilmington, we pray that we might be a blessing to my parents and an opportunity has opened up that we can. That is God answering prayer. He does it regularly. And remember also that all the glory goes to him. See, here's a challenge is sometimes we might want God to move in specific ways because that's what we think counts and that's important rather than recognizing it's not about us. We don't get praise and glory or we should not get praise and glory for the work of God. We should be giving it. And actually it is in those moments we say, wow, Lord, look at what you've done and are doing. The last thing I wanna share is that the church is called to live in the awe of God. Verse 43 begins, a deep sense of awe came over them all. Awe is literally the fear of God. You might see that in your translation. A reverential fear of Him. It's that, that response which says He is awesome, like truly awesome, awe-inspiring. It is this this understanding that God is who He says He is and He is to be worshipped and adored and He is God and I am not. And this all links in my mind to Proverbs 1, 7, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. See, in this subject of being filled with the Spirit, we need to remember who we are and remember who God is. It is Him at work by His Spirit and we have the privilege of seeing him move. We have the privilege of being invited into what he's doing. We are invited to have this joyful, astonished wonder at who he is. When I think of wonder, I think of little kids. Little kids, have you seen a child play with a cardboard box? I mean, how is it possible to have so much joy and so many hours from a cardboard box? And yet they do. In fact, my husband and I have the privilege of living in quite a, well, more rural area, secluded, and we have uh, trees all around us. But in the middle of this season of COVID-19, as I've been talking with people and praying with people, I've paused every now and then to look out of the window. And isn't it incredible that the God we worship is still on his throne. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. The sun rises and sets every day. The bluebirds are nesting in our backyard. It, it reminds me of the wonder of God's creation. Might it be that in this moment, the Lord is saying, come back to a sense of wonder, my child. Don't assume I'm gonna act in certain ways. Don't be weary in this moment, but look to me. Allow me to open your eyes to what I'm doing. In fact, one of the things I've started doing that's helping me to open my eyes to, to see what God is doing is I've started journaling each day the things I'm thankful for. It changes it. Rather than looking at the day and going, oh, that was a tough day, or I did all of this, or da, da, da. 
Decided to say, actually, what am I thankful for this day? It's just the heart. So if we go back to what I shared at the beginning, a church without the Spirit has a whole sense of attributes, but a church filled with the Spirit is a church where there's new life. People are coming to Jesus. People are surrendering to Him. I love baptisms because it's that physical demonstration of the new life in Christ. And if you've never given your life to Jesus, today is a wonderful day to do it because you're being invited into forgiveness, new life and transformation. And contact Pastor Michael or the church for more information on what that can mean and how you do it. See, that sense of awe can also come when we realise there's a power to witness. Conversations you may have had in this season about faith or who Jesus is. Isn't that wonderful? That's God at work. Or understanding as we start to realise what God is doing, the miracles that are around, the joy of the gifts of the fruit of the Spirit and of joy within our own life. That starting to realise His work, seeing what He is doing. Have you ever had a moment where you felt prompted to text someone and they texted back and said, you have no idea the timing of this, it's perfect. That's how God works in us. By His Spirit, you couldn't know. But God has used that to bless someone else. We can develop that sense of awe as we worship, as we sing songs, as we celebrate His goodness. And we can develop that sense of awe as we remember we have a future. This life is not all there is. There's an eternity ahead. See, our God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is longing to reveal more and more of the fullness of His nature and His character. And as He does that, He is calling a people more and more to Himself. He's inviting us to be filled afresh with Him. The call is to us as a community, as a church filled with His Spirit to seek more of His wisdom, strength and presence and to respond in wonder to who He is and all He's done. You see, if we don't show the world that, who will? This is the walk of faith, trusting in the character of God and living in tune with His Spirit. May God bless you this day. May you know Him more deeply and may you be filled with His Spirit.